We're recording. Wow, we actually are starting as Israel. It's been a long time coming. I've been thinking and plotting about this fucking start of this shit for months, and I just feel like being such a fucking perfectionist, I had to accept that perfectionism doesn't really exist, and if I was waiting for perfection, I'd probably never start it. But I'm so happy we're here. My fucking first guest is someone that I admire. She's my fucking sister. We are speaking via telephone. She is all the way in DC. So if the audio gets a little wild, just hang in there. Um, Jojo, what the fuck is up? Hey, hi. So we obviously met each other a really, really long time ago. So we should start from the beginning. Do you remember when we met? Okay, so we met at uh, on Sunset Boulevard. It was me, and I forgot that girl's name, but she was following me <laughs> through through the hallway because it was like orientation, first day of school. I was in school for film. You were there for recording and yeah. music, and this girl was just following me. And all I seen was you standing there with this like glove, this uh-huh. like hey. This is hell. This is what hell looked like. And I just ran straight <laughs> Honestly, to Honestly, not, not a lot of people know this about me, but I can be really, really shy. And, like, I was just kind of minding my business, trying to, like, fill out the environment. Because, like, obviously, where I was, like, in a new city, like, I just moved, moved from Victorville. Um, okay. Do you remember what, like, made you decide to move to L.A.? Um, I just really wanted to be in the film industry. I want to make movies. I wanted to be where it was happening. I wanted that environment. I wanted the like-minded people. Like, you know, growing up in D.C. and Maryland, everybody kind of, you know, is off in their own setting, doing their own thing. And it's kind of like a little false faith sometimes, and that's anywhere. But, like, certain people in certain areas, they only gravitate towards you because of what they can get from you. Right. And L.A. LA wasn't like that. Everybody just wanted to have a good time and just to meet and engage and create. And I just really, really wanted that energy. So I moved. I packed up all my shit, okay, because it was out of the police were going to... The police were already <laughs> looking for me. So I was like, if I stay, I'm going to jail. So I was like, you know what? One-way ticket, straight to L.A., make it or break it let's go and that was it yeah i mean we have we have that in common too because like i had that same energy like growing up in victorville i was like i need and the timing was honestly really great like i had the opportunity to move and like follow my dreams and like i kind of just packed up my shit and left and like i never looked back you know and i think that that's why we like got along so well because we were you know on the same like frequency of like, moving to a new yeah. city and like making shit happen um, we both came from like a really difficult place of like you know not being understood you know where we from our hometowns like so in certain hometown you just never feel like there's a place for you there right. so you have to go find your place somewhere else in the world no and no I, I, always, feel like a lot of- I always say like if i didn't move like i would probably be in jail or a drug addict or bitter because i didn't like take the initiative to like do something with my life life. you know Mm -hmm. so for the for those of you who don't know we actually met at la film school jojo was in the film uh program and i was doing music production uh do you have you always like wanted to be in the film industry like tell me a little bit about that (laughs) 
So growing up, I wanted to be a lawyer at first because like I love to talk. <laughs> I'm like I would talk I would talk you down. And then I wanted to do like architecture. I wanted to build shit. But like I always had this love of movies, of making movies, of writing stories because like with oppression or being oppressed your creativity blooms a lot. So I was, like, in this little world of my own, and the only way I had to, like, find an escape was to write. And I was doing, like, music with my friends. I was writing little short stories. I was drawing. Anything where I can just, like, release all of my anger, frustration, and doubt, I used art as a medium. And I was like, you know what? I'm really happy being in this space and I want to keep doing this physical activity because it makes me genuinely happy. Right. So honestly that's this how, is like I got into that. This is a full circle moment because this is gonna be like my first episode and you were my first friend here in LA. Uh back okay. to back to when we met. Like I remember you coming up to me and you had like you had a glow too. I think you were just like ready to like make shit happen. And no, I was scared for my life because that girl <laughs> yeah. wouldn't leave me alone. God like, bless her. I don't remember her name, but she ended up being your friend too. She and was. And I was like, I was like, Ezzy, I'm ditching her. I'm sorry. Like, I don't mean to like, you know, throw people by the wayside, but bitch, she's off this belt. <laughs> Honestly, like, like so I don't remember her island. name either, but I remember her energy and like. When I was on campus, she would, like, come up to me, but then I never saw her again. So, like, if she's out there, like, I hope she's, like, you know, thriving. I have a little PSA for everybody. Be careful around these new drugs, okay? Yeah. Because one thing about her is she was really heavy into drugs, and that's not really a big problem. Yeah. I know a lot of people who are into drugs. I like drugs. We all like drugs. It's a, it's a good escape. Period. But right now... It's just not as safe as it used to be. It's like you're spending all there's this, there's that. It's like how do you like how do you release these like demons without being and ending up dead? Right. I mean, no judgment to drug use because obviously we all are around drugs and have been around drugs. I think it's just like our responsibility as humans to take care of our friends and people around us, and just be careful. Um, you never know um, what's in these motherfuckers, especially now. It's, like, a really scary time. But where did you move to, like, straight from D.C.? Like, where did you go? So when I first moved, uh, when I first got on, I didn't have, actually, when I first flew to uh, LAX, I didn't have a place to go. I just knew one person from D.C. who was living here, and he was staying at some kind of hostel. And, like, I was like, yeah, I don't want to stay in the hostel because there's, like, 36 men, and I'm just a one woman. Yeah. So I ended up at Hotel Cecil, a.k.a. Stay on Main. Right. And if anybody has Netflix, <laughs> you need to watch that documentary about that really, really haunted hotel because as he tell them how crazy it was in there in the bathroom we're definitely like we're definitely floor. gonna get into that we're definitely gonna get into the Cecil hotel because i actually lived in the, the Cecil for like about a month but actually before um when i moved i actually was staying in a hotel as well and i think that like as we were getting to know each other like we had that in common too. Um, you moved into the Cecil Hotel before I did. I was staying at a hotel on Sunset Boulevard, which now Ooh. I learned that um, Amy Winehouse has this video. I think it's called um, 
stronger than me where she's actually staying in the same room that I was and I was like wow I'm getting that Hollywood experience oh my gosh um, but I, I my apart when I moved I remember school starting February 3rd and my apartment wasn't ready until the 27th so like I had to like hotel hop for a little bit um okay. but for those of you who don't know, I'm pretty sure everybody knows about the Cecil Hotel now. It's in downtown LA. Uh, I think it's like 640 South Main Street. Um, there was a lot yeah. of crazy shit that happened in there. Like, can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Okay, so the first day I was there, right, I'm standing outside the hotel, you know, just watching people walk by and shit, like, just just trying to find opportunity for something. And, like, these, these like, native... LAers were like, oh my God, be careful, bitch. People die in there. I said, what? People die weird. They're like, and now, bitch, you're going to die. I was like, oh my God. They were like, Google it. And I Googled it. And like, literally a year before I moved in, or like, I think a few months before, some lady got stuck in the water tower. Bitch. Elisa Lamb, bitch. A little backstory, like, before I even moved to L.A., like, I think I was turning 18 years old, and I wanted to go to, like, uh, Hollywood Horror Nights, so me and my friends, like, we booked a hotel, not knowing shit about L.A., really, like, we would only come here for, like, shows and stuff, and the hotel on the outside is beautiful, the lobby is so, like, beautiful, and then you get upstairs, and it's a whole nother vibe. Um, I remember as soon as we, like, got into the room, I was just like, this looks really, really weird. And (laughs) we were getting high, and I was like, this doesn't feel right, so let me, like, hop on Google. And, like, the stories that I was reading, like, from Richard Ramirez to the Black Dahlia murder. um, He, We happened to have a room on the 14th floor, and apparently that's where he lived for a while. I think that was, like, I'm not sure, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure that was, like, the last place that he lived before he got caught up. Like, that whole place, I'm just like, oh, my goodness. They really just put some paint and wallpaper up, and it's charging premium player prices. Yeah, and the fact that that they changed their name from CISA Hotel to Stay on Main... Like, you guys could watch a, the documentary on Elisa Lam. It gives you a lot more insight and history about this place. I think it's closed now, um, but you could what? still... Hotel Cecil? Yeah, I think it's closed down, but people can obviously go and check it out for themselves. It's 640 South oh, Main wow. Street, downtown LA. They closed it? Oh, my goodness. I know that you were staying in, like, a dorm room. Like, did you have any crazy experiences in there or people that you met? So I lived in a hostel right next to Tommy's Burgers. You know, Tommy's Burgers in Chile, right, right there on, like, Rampart and Beverly on the, on the little corner intersection. And I lived with, like, 30 men and, like, four four women. And it was, like, just the most craziest interaction and culture shock yeah. that I ever witnessed. I actually went... I hung out with you a couple times there. We would get, like, drunk <laughs> with everybody. There was, like... I would see a new face, like, every five minutes, and, like... <laughs> when I say we were in there fighting like siblings, we fought like siblings in there. I remember one day, this guy named Manny, like, I had just finished... Um, I was working on set with Chris Brown. I had just finished production, and I went home, and I literally had one meal to eat, because, like, in L.A., you could be next to the richest person, but literally, like, be broke as hell. Hell yeah. And I only had one meal... And I was waiting all day to eat that meal. And I get home, and the meal is gone. Oh, 
Oh, no. I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> and if you know anything, so one thing, me, another thing Ezzy and I have in common is we're both Libras. Yes. Okay? So if you know anything about the Libra Zodiac sign, which we're going to get deeper into, you know we don't play about our shit. Right. Like, we don't. Okay? If we leave something somewhere, it better fucking still be there when we get back to <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> like, don't play with us. So I come back, and the food's gone. So I mess with my landlord. I'm like, can you run the cameras back and tell me who ate the food? And his dumb ass, he did it. And I found out. And, like, the guy, Manny, who was asleep on the couch on the porch, I took the water hose, and I just started drowning him. <laughs> I'm like, you ate my fucking food, motherfucker. <laughs> and then my other roommate, Gordon, he comes out of nowhere, and he's like, you gonna fight me like a man, Manny? I'm like, no, Gordon, I'm, I don't need your help. I'm gonna whoop his ass myself. And they should know him and Gordon and Manny start fighting. I'm like, but I still don't got no fucking food to eat. Like, right, I right. don't So between that and like uh, roommates getting tased, um, all the intercourse, right. intercourses. Bitches getting I pregnant. Found, <laughs> okay. I found like my boyfriend at the time there. Yeah. Uh, Jay, right. I found him in the little brothel. So, yeah, mistakes were made. Totally. I mean, going back to like um, Libras, like it's crazy meeting someone and having like so much in common with them. Your birthday is literally like a week before mine. Seven days to the T. Like I'm on the seventh, and Ezzy's on the fourteenth. Like, right. Shout out to all the Libras. Shout out to all the Libras. Do you think? Do you think Libras have any like negative stereotypes? We procrastinate. Right. We are the biggest procrastinators. We be like, yeah, we're going to do it. And then we go, we're like, oh, poor little us. We have <laughs> shit to do. I can't believe it. Who signed me up for this shit? No, and honestly, honestly, in the intro of the shit, I was saying, like, I've been planning this shit for months, like, going back and forth, trying to figure out, like, what I'm going to talk about, how I'm going to do this, da-da-da. And that's honestly <laughs> my own fucking, like... Libraisms, like we are crazy procrastinators, but when we honestly get shit done, like it's honestly it's like the instant. best. Instant. I, like, I always hear. To it. I always hear like when I tell people, like it's always like fifty fifty. Like you either love us or hate us, but like the main thing mm-hmm. that like I hear from people is that Libras are fake. What do you think about that? Oh, we are. I am. I will tell you that straight the fuck up. So, I so I, 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 I came up with a, th- I came I'll up. Tell you why? I came up with a theory. I think it's that like we're such chameleons, and like everyone gets a little different side of us, right? So like yeah. I could be one way with you and be another way with another person, and like maybe that's fake, but I think that's no, that's not what it is. Let me tell you exactly what it is. Okay. We we're the one people who show up and show out for everybody. Yeah. If you have a a friend who's a Libra, they're gonna put you ahead of themselves. Like I always put my friends ahead of me, but then in the interim, when the you know when the the script is switched, right? I don't have the same energy being reciprocated. So what I do is I. I pull back my resources. I'm no longer available when you need me. I'm no longer accessible. Like, all that shit gets shut short. And if we are, if we are, we're very passive-aggressive. Yeah. Which can be really, really toxic for people that can't handle that. And that's not my fucking problem. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Just know, if you sign up for it, this is what you're going to get. Okay, but we're very honest. We're very, very honest people. Um, When people say fake, it's more so 
of them not understanding who we are at the time. Honestly. That's where I say, like, I, I'll accept the fakeness because um, I'll, I'll, I'll stand there and smile in your face, and then I'll walk away and never talk to you again. Period. Because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put my energy into something that's not gonna make me better. Right. That's gonna like, you know, just take me off of my course of life. Like, no, I give everybody a chance, everybody a benefit of the doubt. You cross me then yeah, you're not going to get the real me no more. You get this generic uh, pre-authorized prompt. Right. Okay? And you're just going to deal with that. Facts. And, and that's just how it is. Do, you, yeah, think, do like, you think there's any signs that we, like, honestly can't stand? And are there any signs that we actually get along with really, really well? Like, what do you think? Um, honestly, I think our favorite sign as friends, as friends, is yeah. Sagittarius. Sagittarius's are so fun. You know Nicki Minaj is a Sagittarius and I'm a Barbus 5. <laughs> and and that's why I say because they're just as toxic as we are. Yeah, yeah. And they're... And, and they're as real as we are like they're really big thinkers they they can read people yeah so when we get together with them they don't think we're fake they're like no bitch you right on time bitch drag that out so it's like i think it's sagittarius and other libras that like uh, so certain libras don't get along because like honestly in the past yourself in the past year i've actually met like four or five people who like share my same birthday and it's kind of crazy it's kind of crazy like how similar we are and it's just like when i meet another libra i'm like oh my god it's like it's like it's like twin energy like i just can't explain it you know yeah but sometimes like other libras don't like us because they're like oh i'm trying to be serious you know how like sometimes we try to be serious yeah yeah yeah. everybody else to be serious with us yeah, and that's and honestly, honestly, that's a thing too. Like, we're so we're so down to earth and bubbly and fun. So when we're when it's time for us to be a little serious, I feel like a little. Oh, some people don't take us seriously because we're so like bubbly. And, yeah, yeah, and 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 then like sometimes we don't take shit seriously because we know the outcome already. So we just be like, okay, it is whatever it is. Right. I'm not gonna sit here. And that pisses people off, especially other leaders, because they're like, I can't believe you don't want to support me and do this <laughs> with me. And, and then, and then I'm like, girl, shut the fuck up. Another stereotype of Libras is uh, we're unreliable, which, I mean, could be kind of true. And the indecisiveness really pisses people off. I wouldn't say we're unreliable. We are very late. We show up very, very I always late. say, bitch, I'm always late unless I'm getting paid, then I'm 15 minutes early. <laughs> okay like bitch you will tell me you will tell me to show up at 12 and if i'm not getting paid bitch i'll be there by one two but if i'm paid bitch i will show up 11 45 on the dot 30 11 30 collect that check girl 11 30 on the dot okay i'll be passing out flyers and putting putting things up so yeah people do think we're not reliable but the same people who think we're not reliable are the ones who don't, you know, go out their way to do shit for us neither. Right. So it's like, hmm, uh, she was late to my party, so I'll show up at three. What about, what about, what about Libras in love? Like, who do you think is a great match? Because honestly, I'm kind of looking for a perfect match and I can't seem to find it. Like, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you one thing. So don't date an air sign. Right. I think the biggest lie that the Zodiac horoscope people have told us Libras is that <laughs> we're compatible with others. 
they're liars, okay? They're like, oh, you got to compatible with other air signs like Gemini, Sagittarius, Aquarius. Let me tell you about the Geminis. I just was in a relationship (laughs) in 2020 (laughs) with a fucking Gemini. And I don't, we got got along really, really well at first. And I think that's because we were just friends. But as soon as shit got serious, it kind of went left, you know? Yeah, because um, we don't take things seriously. I mean, look at like, look at Kim and Kanye. That's a Libra Gemini mix. Okay, and you see how wishy. So the thing about Libra and and Gemini's is like sometimes Gemini's only miss us when we're not there. Right. It's like when we're right there in their face, they kind of take us for granted, and then we go, like, okay, I'm gone. And right. then they miss us, or the fact that like some Gemini's are kind of like controlling, right. and they try to tell us how to live our lives. It's like no, bitch, don't mess with my sleep. Don't mess with my money and don't mess with my with my food. And it's like a Gemini would try you with all three of them. Yeah. As a Libra. For sure. <laughs> like, my mother yeah. is a fucking Gemini, so I should have known oh, better. I'm so sorry. What sign is your mom? I love her, by the way. My mom is an Aquarius, so Aquarius. she doesn't She's an care. Sign. She doesn't care. Right. And like it it really pisses me off sometimes how much she doesn't care. But then when I got older, I realized she she did she couldn't care. Because if she cared too much, the bitch would have had a heart a heart attack a while ago. Yeah. Okay. Just just imagine being a mother and having me as a daughter. Like it's stressful. Right. It's, it's really stressful. So I I get it. I think we do really good with earth signs. Yeah, because they're a little ground, like a little more grounded, and I think we kind of need that, and we like we like yeah. play off of that too, like. I'm looking for someone that's going to hold me down, but also let me be crazy, because I am crazy. <laughs> you know what signs I think um, Leo, Libras should really entertain a little bit more of? Um, the Leo. Yeah. The Leo sign. Yeah, I was just and, about to say that. Um, Leo, and what's the other one I just said? Don't do a Cancer. No. Okay? Too emotional There's, for me. Cancers and Aries are going to piss you off. Oh man, honestly, I know a Libra and Aries couple and they're very beautiful, but I don't think that like they're even together anymore. (laughs) I know, I know for sure that a Leo and what's the other sign? Um, A Scorpio. Ooh, I was in a relationship with a Scorpio and it got a little toxic at the end. I think that like, yeah, I think that Libras have this thing where we obviously like, um, envision like we we do the whole fantasy type of thing, and then when we're in it, we oh, kind of like are romantic, like romantic lovey dovey. Yeah, and then when we're when we're actually in it, we're just like actually, I'm just kidding, which can be a little toxic and hurt feelings, but at the same time, like this is real life, baby. <laughs> and then another thing, another one of our downfalls is our our friendliness. Yeah, like we're very we're so friendly, friendly, but but some people think we're being flirtatious. Right. But we're not. We're just being friendly. Like, at the end of the day, I do not want nothing or to have any part of your body. I was just being really friendly. And that's it. But that can really scare some people and be like, what the fuck? Right, So right. that's another thing. That's do you like, think you know, that you, like, um, you said you wanted to be a lawyer, which is a very Libra thing, because we're, you know, the, in tarot, we're the justice card, like... Um, a lot of Libras actually, like, want to be lawyers. Um, was there anything else that you, like, want, like, have an aspiration for other than law and film? Um, besides law and film, I just want to travel. Yeah. Like, I want to see, like, the whole world. Like, I have a lot of wanderlusting in me. Yeah. So, if I can just make movies and travel and win awards and and read... 
I will be happy, and I want to adopt. I want to adopt as many kids as possible. Oh, I think you'd be because like the greatest mother. Like when we met, I got that energy from you, and I felt so safe and like comfortable, and like I think that's what made me like fall in love with you and like Aww. build a relationship with you because. Um, obviously like like we said we moved from our hometowns into the city and right. we we're trying to make it um tell me a little bit more about your experience here in LA working on films and stuff okay so I worked for Mac Miller you know RIP, RIP. He, was he was like one of the sweetest people the sweetest artist ever I ever worked with and yeah. then I worked with Chris I worked with Chris Brown and hopefully um, I can say this thing, but the motherfucker fired me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm at work, you know, I'm walking around with, like, little three-inch Subway sandwiches and shit. Yeah. And one of Chris Brown's friends was like, I want a sandwich. And I was like, nah, you can't have a sandwich. You know, it's for the crew. Right. Your food coming later. And, like, the guy snitched on me. He told Chris Brown, he was like, that bitch hit me. I'm like, what? Oh hit you? Chris Brown can't be talking about hitting people. Right. I'm like, hit you? I'm a vegetarian. I don't got no aggression in me. Like, what are you talking about? And then here comes Chris Brown. I'm, like, playing the music for the playbacks. And Chris Brown comes out of nowhere. He was like, sweetheart, sweetheart, you you slapped the sandwich on my man's hands. And I was like, nah, 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 I didn't. He was like, you know, I work hard so they can eat. And then I was, like, looking at Chris Brown like, boy, who is you getting loud with? So, you know, I got a smart-ass mouth. You do. I tell him, I'm like, look, you need to work harder because your man's is real hungry if we got to go through all this. <laughs> and next thing now, he's like, get this bitch off my set. Uh, security picked me up, throw oh, me to bed, nah. drive me down the hill in Malibu. And I was out of there. I was like, man, fuck you Do you think fuck they, these rich people. Do you think they would, he would have had the same energy if you were a man? No, and I don't think he would have had the same energy if I was the type of woman he could sleep with. Like, if I was, like, one of those, like, oceanic, Pacific Islander-looking girls that he goes for, I don't think it would have turned into that. But because, like, you know, I'm just a regular, I was just a regular, regular black woman, you know, on the plantation. He just felt like, yes, like, working on set is like working on a plantation until you can get above the line. So I just feel like, you know, he, he felt, he has this, like, pride and ego where he's like, I'm a famous person. I'm like, no, you're a human being. Totally. You're just a person. Like, totally. I don't care how much money you have, you still have to have a capacity for humanity in your in your in your body yeah for sure didn't have that i mean i was always i was always raised to like treat like the ceo and the janitor with the same respect you know especially in this business in the in the entertainment business and just in business in general like when you You never know who's gonna be who exactly um you never know maybe fucking chris brown will fall off and then try to like audition for your movie and you're gonna be like bitch you fired me Okay, that's what karma is a whole bitch. So you got to tread very lightly and make, you know, good choices with, like, how you interact with people because it really does matter. Do it you, really, really does matter. Because you were, you were really doing your thing. You were working a lot. Do you have any advice for, like, a young filmmaker or, filmmaker or anybody trying to get into the industry? Like, what are some tips and tricks that people can learn from you? Never stop. Like, regardless of what obstacle comes your way, regardless of 
because uh, like you know how that the whole like if it's not one thing it's another like yeah. no matter where you work at who you work for you're always gonna have problems you're always gonna have bullshit to deal with you're always gonna have people who are gonna be mean to you tune them out and yeah. stay focused on what it is that you really want figure out what you really really want write it down and don't let nothing in the world stop you from it. Like, even me right now, I'm not where I want to be yeah. in the industry, but I'm not giving up. Totally. Like, I'm still, like, there's so many doors that have been closed on me these past few years. And, like, honestly, like, I was heartbroken, but I realized, like, okay, if I keep knocking, eventually one of these doors are going to open and it's going to be for me. Right. And the moment that you want to give up, the moment that you do give up, then you are going to live with the what if. Yeah. What if I just kept going? What if that next door, what if this next opportunity was my breakthrough? Because all it takes is one person, one script, one movie, one just one, idea. one opportunity. Yeah. One. Just one. And that happens when you just dwell in your craft. When you dwell in your craft for so long, it, it, you manifest it. My, one thing my dad taught me and, you know, he's a really honorable man, is it takes three years for you to learn your craft, seven years for you to perfect it to the point where you can start earning money and getting, not like, recognized for it. And then finally around the 10th year, that's when everything that you worked so hard for finally manifests itself. Right. So if it takes 10 years for those ideas and those thoughts to manifest itself, then why would you give up within six months? Why would you give up within a 365 days? You just have to keep going. Right. Because eventually it's going to click for you. You're going to meet somebody, you're going to meet people, and it's just going to work out. So just don't give up. Like, don't let up. Don't give up. Keep applying pressure. And just keep trying new things. And do not take out a student loan. No. <laughs> no. Okay? <laughs> Do not pay Sally Mae to learn <laughs> shit <laughs> that's on fucking YouTube and TikTok for free. Okay. Right, okay. One of the greatest because advice that you've ever given me is like, you know, we all are out here working jobs that we really don't want sometimes. And one of the greatest things you've ever told me is like, even if you're working at a shitty job, like learn the business, learn how it's run. Cause you never know mm -hmm. when, you know, you could either open up your own business or learn how, you know, shit works. And then you can manage their business and then, or start your own and hire your own people. Right. Like you, you just never know because like, sometimes what we want doesn't always align with what God or the universe has for us. Period. So you just have to be open to, you know, those, just be open to everything, every blessing. Like, try to say yes more. Yeah. Try to be, go out more and network more. You know, talk more. Like, yeah, it's hard to come out your shell yeah. and trust people. But, like, it's just something you have to do if you really want to take yourself to the next level. Yeah, especially in this industry, like, you never know who you're going to meet. Even even if you go out to parties, like, um, don't be shy. Like, talk to everybody. Make sure everyone knows who you are. You'll never know when, if you're ever going to run, you know, across these people, especially when you travel, too. Like, it's really important. Yeah. And that's really just how you build connections because you build that rapport with people and then they know like, oh, Jojo likes to do this or Ezra likes to do that. Yeah. And then when they hear of opportunities, they put your name in the room. They're right. like, well, I know this person. 
I know this person, even though it was years ago, they'll still remember you like, oh, she had a really good personality, or he was really optimistic, he was really bubbly and happy. I like, oh, that's another thing. Make sure people like working with you. Don't be up there mm-hmm. acting like a little fucking Karen at work, okay? <laughs> like, people, if people can't work with you, they're not going to call you. They're right. going to be like, oh, my gosh, she's so difficult to work with, or oh, he just didn't understand, or, yeah, like, just make sure, you know, you got your ears open and, and your mouth closed sometimes, and you just take direction well Absolutely. until you learn what you got to do, and then, you know, just keep doing it. Just, you know, anticipate. Right. One of my directing teachers, he he taught me to anticipate, and I think that that advice alone has helped me through a lot because it's helped me with my critical thinking. It's helped me with, like, innovating, like, being innovative and stuff, just anticipating things. Right. Like, oh, okay, I think this is going to happen. Let me plan for it. Let me cut you off. in a better place. Let me cut you off really quick. Let's take a short little break, and then we'll be right back. Okay. And we're back. Um, so, Hi. so honestly, I, I feel like this has been very inspiring and a lot of people could learn from us. Like, um, let's go back to school because a lot of people don't know that I studied music production. I think my goal was to um, make music and like score, like score music as well. Um, but I did in the last couple of years change my major to TV and radio. Like I feel more passionate about TV and uh, making radio shows and podcasting as well. No, so what made you like change your career, your career and your um, concentration, your degree? I think that making like when I went to school for making music, I think that I'm like the worst student ever, and I think it kind of took the fun away from like making music. Um, I don't, I'm obviously like want to sell music and like make it there, but I, I think just like the whole like curriculum kind of, um, and experience as well, just kind of tilted me into another direction, which is great, but those student loans, bitch. Okay, Sally May, okay. So I think, I think if anyone can learn something from me is that it's okay to like, go into something and change your mind. I think we're humans and we're allowed to do that. And honestly, like life is about really trying to find like what you're passionate about. Um, I did get to work on some really cool things and that, and it was more on like the film side and like filming commercials and movies. And I think that like made me more passionate about changing my major. Ooh, so what are some like projects that you worked on that you can shout out I for was, so that we can, you know, go take a look at it? Yeah, it was like a PA for Tattoo with Mark Wahlberg. Um, I did a couple music videos. I directed, shot, and edited myself. You guys could check them out on my Instagram. So, and obviously, like, this project that I'm, like, super passionate about. So there's going to be a lot of cool episodes coming out. So please, like, stay tuned. It's going to be great. 
subscribe, like, and listen, okay? Because <laughs> this is vital information. Don't you guys ever forget that. So look, JoJo, we've I met you in 2014, right? What are oh, some? Was it really that long ago? It was that fucking long ago, bitch. Almost ten years, kind of. <laughs> it, it has been. Oh my god. Do you have any? My ovaries. And honestly, like, um, we're filming, we're recording this on September 11th, and I haven't seen you in a whole year. Last time I flew I out think... to DC was September 12th. It's been. A yes, while. and we had the best time ever. We went through, I think, five states. And like a few national parks, and we ate during, in Jersey during COVID. During COVID, and my mom was like, "My mom was like, you guys are going to pandemic New York, really? <laughs> what are some <laughs> like, that's a location? What are some favorite memories that you hold um, that you know I was involved with? Oh my goodness, where do I start? Like, Ezzy, remember the one time we were getting drunk behind the school? Yes. And the, the, the cast of Girlfriends oh my was walking God. by? Yeah. And we were like, hey, we know y'all. <laughs> How y'all doing? I remember, <laughs> I remember when I got um, tickets to go see Revolt TV Live. And uh, oh my God. we were in my oh. we were in my little shoebox apartment at the Huntington Hotel, and we were getting so oh. drunk. And you're like, I'm gonna wear these boots, and um, <laughs> we had no cars, no cars yet. So we're walking through downtown LA, onto the subway, got off on Hollywood and Highland, walked our ass to the fucking um, the little shopping mall because that's where they were. That, that's where they were filming and Jojo was outside like complaining almost crying like oh, I don't want to go feet. my feet hurt, oh, bitch, feet hurt. as so soon bad. as as soon as Rick, Rick Ross bad. came out this bitch turned into <laughs> fucking Beyonce like her fucking little feet were going so crazy like, Rick Ross. <laughs> Diddy came out remember Diddy Yes, and, and like I was rubbing Rick Ross's belly. <laughs> it was just like, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, are you serious? And then we went to the first drag convention. Yeah, we went to RuPaul's Drag Convention. It was the first one ever. In her story. In her story. Okay, never, never forget. That was like by far the best time. Jojo and loves then, the gays. Jojo loves the gays. She's a she's a strong ally for us. So shout out I to you. I am a strong ally. Okay, every intersection is so important. Trans, yeah, uh, the whole flag, everything. Like without without like like gay men and transgender women and just everything that the culture, the LGBT, am I saying it right? LGBT. <laughs> community has provided as far as entertainment yeah. and culture like a lot of people say you know black people created like certain types of culture but I think it was with an alliance with the LGBTQ oh, absolutely. community absolutely. like the a drag lot of, queens like a lot you wouldn't of have Beyonce and all these divas if it wasn't for the drag queens who used to you know doll themselves up and give up these great performances right. you wouldn't have these divas absolutely. so it's like we have to we have to, you know, appreciate the pioneers who paved the way. For Absolutely, us to, uh, it was it was honestly like the the trans women of color who gave, you know, gays the 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 avenue to be who we are. So, always treat everyone in our communities with respect because it's been a a journey to get here. You know, 
Like, yeah. So I remember um, when you moved into the building that I was living in, we lived on the same floor. Tell us a little bit about um, our experience there. Like, the people want to know. Okay, so the Huntington was like, I don't, it was like this old hotel that they turned into like apartment buildings. And mind and you, it was my, right down the street from the CISA Hotel. It was like on the next block. Oh my, I'm sorry, but like, I'm going to jump topics. Like, let's keep the Huntington there. Do you remember when we went to the carryout around the corner? And we were so, we had just like smoked some like really good weed. Uh-huh. And like, as he was like, I want some orange chicken. And I'm like, you mean orange <laughs> pigeon? Because... Anybody who lives in LA knows there's so many pigeons. Right. And now, like coming from DC, I just knew for sure. I'm like, they're cooking pigeons in these restaurants. And I would, so me, I would we, be there because, bitch, I was pretty broke back then. Like, <laughs> bitch, and them plates would always get me so fucking full. I did not care if it was, it was pigeon, full. fucking whatever the fuck it was. It tasted good. <laughs> so as we get in line, right. And the lady's like, what you want? And Ezzy was like, can I get some orange pigeons? (laughs) (laughs) And I just started screaming. I was like, oh, my God. They hated us. They hated us. How long? Okay, back to the Huntington. Yeah, how I lived in the Huntington for a year and a half. Like, how long were you there for? I came in after you. I think I was in, in there for a year before I got evicted. Yeah, we both got evicted. I I thought I could get away with not paying rent for a month. And um, I think that came from, like, being so fucked up and, like, spending all my money on, like, going out and drugs and drinking. And I... We just did not care. We I did like, not give a fuck. I got caught Lock up. I got caught up. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, I dropped my rent in the box that so you guys need to check that like, you guys lost my rent. And they no, were that's, not... That's, that's what happened. They were not having it. Was, they were not I having it. I was, like, it. three months behind. And the thing is, the people the building, the management company, they weren't on top of shit. So, like, we... I just stopped paying rent because I noticed, like, okay, you guys are walking licks. You don't pay attention to shit. Yeah. Until you ask me for rent, I'm not giving you a fucking penny. Right. And it, it went on for three months. And then finally, they're like... Um, girl, where's your rent? And, and I'm like, what? So okay, I remember, I, I remember, I, I think I was like getting ready to go to school or go to work or something. And like, you came to my door with the eviction notice that they left on the front gate. And um, oh I like went to the office. I was obviously scared. I was, I was really young. I think I was like 22, 21, maybe. And I was okay. like, I was like, oh, like I'll pay it. Like I was like scared. I was like, I'll pay the rent. Da da da. They were not having it. They were like, yeah, you need to leave. And um, I remember the last time, like the last night that I was in the Huntington, like I packed up my shit in like two bags, and I went to your apartment. And I'm gonna thank you, thank you for this forever. And you, because you were like, you could stay with me. And then I came to your apartment with two little bags, and you're like, Azzy, are you sure this is all you need? And I was like, yeah. She's like, no, let's go back one more time. And when we went back, it was my photo book from, like, my my kids' photos. Like, if we never went back, like, I wouldn't have no baby pictures or, like, no photographs of me. Yeah. Um, Also, too, like, I remember the night that I got evicted, like, I was walking into the building and Bruce, which was like the 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 night manager, he was like, What the fuck are you doing here? I was like, Oh, I'm staying with 
JoJo, he's like, no, you're not allowed here. So that night... Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah, so that night... like Bruce he, is such a hater. If anybody ever sees Big Bruce at the Huntington... <laughs> or like, at the Casadona, bitch. <laughs> 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 bitch, you can so find big, big old Bruce at the Casadona on 8th and Main every Tuesday <laughs> getting his dollar tacos. <laughs> But that was okay, and a big ass burrito to go. That was okay, that was one of the most scariest moments of my experience living in LA because obviously like I couldn't stay there with you, so I had to figure it out. I remember going to the county building and like applying for food stamps and they gave me a voucher to stay in a hotel and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna stay in this hotel. Bitch, I put the address in my phone. That fucking <laughs> it was like a homeless shelter in the middle of oh, Skid no. Row. Um, so I'm walking, oh, wow. I'm walking through Skid Row at night with my two little bags, like, I'm getting hollered at, like, I remember this guy, he was like, where are you going? And I'm like, bitch, don't fucking talk to me right now. And Skid Row was real. Yeah, I spent, I spent yeah. one night in a homeless shelter, which people don't know. Um, and yeah, that was, in, that was a pretty crazy experience, but I think the thing about that is like I did I never gave up I was like I can't go back home there's no way there's nothing for me there like I have to figure it the fuck out that's very true um well my story's a little bit different because when I got evicted it was just me by myself and like I remember that day so well like when when people say like we're creatures of habit, I I do understand that because the day I got evicted, I had nowhere else to go. I sold all my furniture and then left whatever I could leave at the Huntington and just left. And Ezzy was gone too, yeah, because he had gotten evicted before me. Yeah, I was sleeping in my car on Beverly Boulevard. Yeah, and I woke up to the parking enforcement putting a boot <laughs> on my wheel. Like I'm really like sleep in the back seat of the car, and they're putting a boot on it by the toe it. And I'm like, no, I'm in here. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm in here. Yeah. Like, don't tell my shit. They're like, you have so many outstanding tickets. And that's another thing about LA. They will give you a ticket in a heartbeat. Right. I don't know how the hell they are so fast with ticketing, but like, I had gotten so many tickets and they just took my car and I'm literally walking down Rampart crying. I remember you, I, I remember you called me and I was, I called you. I had nowhere, I, I had, I had nowhere to stay at, at that moment in time. So I was like traveling from the desert, like my hometown, like staying the night there, like staying with homies. And I was like driving myself to work and like Jojo calls me so frantic and she was like, they fucking put a boot in my car while I'm trying to sleep. And I was like, bitch, I'll be right there. Like give me 45 minutes. And- and as he was right there, and he let me borrow his car, and so I can go figure out how to get my car back. Yeah. And then I got my car back, and he took me out to the high desert. Yeah. And that's when, like, I got to fall in love with Victorville, and, I, and everybody there. I was like, oh, I really love it here. This is really fun. Like, we should just been here. Ed was like, no, bitch. No. We like, should not be here. No. Don't be comfortable. We gotta go. For sure. <laughs> and honestly, after after that whole thing, like. Um, I found a place on Craigslist for like a rooming situation and I moved to Long Beach um, with three strangers. Um, where did, do you remember where you went after that? Because I think we kind of like. <laughs> went separate ways after yeah, that. Yeah, we definitely after went separate that, ways for a while. I was still working with the AFI students on like their 
thesis films and stuff. Yeah. So I had to stay in LA. So I was working on thesis, and you helped me too. We did some yeah, we wor- we worked on together. some shit together. You also like hooked me up with some jobs too. I was like doing like crafts and like PA jobs. Um, I was like, Ezzy, I was like, Ezzy, I'm leaving. Because then, then I went to, I, I lived in Bakersfield for like a, a hot second. I don't know how the hell bitch. I ended up in Bakersfield. But I was in Bakersfield for like a hot week. Yeah. And then, like, I ended up in Vegas. Yeah. For like a few weeks, a month. And that's when, like, my, my sister called me. And she was like, oh, my God, our, our family home is in foreclosure. Damn. Our parents are about to get a divorce. I don't know how to keep the family together. And mind you, I'm, like, sleeping in my car, right. scared for my life. So my sister flew out to either Vegas or L.A., and me and her drove cross-country yeah. to D.C., and then I drove back. And then we drove again with, like, Jay. Yeah. Me and Jay drove out again, and we, like, stopped in St. Louis, stopped in Colorado, seen, like, you know, the northern the northern half of the U.S. Right. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go home. Yeah. And I think in 2015, no, 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 2016, 2017, yeah. I finally said bye yeah. to L.A. And it was... I think that right there, leaving L.A. is maybe one of my biggest regrets. Yeah. But I, I kind of came to terms with it because I figured, you know, whatever the plan was, that's just what it is. Right. Um, I wish I never left. So I wish I just stayed there, stuck it out. Yeah, the like bitch. L.A. is not further. going anywhere. You're always welcome to come back. And, like, that goes to show that, like, you never know what, like, people are going through. Um, and I think the most beautiful part about each other is that, like, even though we, you know, went our separate ways and shit kind of got a little rough, like, we always, like, you know, we're family. Each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, ooh, that makes your mom and those bomb-ass tamales she be making. Shout out to my mom. Oh, my God, I love her. <laughs> love your mom. She loves like, the fuck out of you, too. She would still be asking me, like, her. where's JoJo? Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. But last year, I actually got to, like, go to your hometown and, like, meet your mom and your sister and brother. And, like, that was pretty My mom fun. still asks about you. She's like, how's baby doing? Is he okay? Um... I'm like, yeah, he's good. She's like, oh, okay, the pandemic didn't get y'all. That's good. Because now I live in Virginia. I no longer live in Maryland yeah. with my family. I moved out. I realized, I was like, oh, this is a setup. Yeah, like, for I'm sure. Like, I'm back in the same place of, like, I could have went. Like, I could have left LA, too, and, like, I'm happy that I didn't because I, I love, like, where my life is right now. But um, I... Would if if I would have went back to Victorville, it would have been such a disaster. Like I love my mom to death, but we just can't live together. And like my my friends over there, like I don't think it would have been the right fit for me, and still is, you yeah. know. But damn shit. One thing I can say is that DC and Virginia has came a long way because I love like, DC. I, live, I love DC. I live. DC is really clutch. And then, like, we have Baltimore, which is, like, 30 Baltimore's minutes away. Baltimore's my favorite city that we went to. Oh, my God. So, we have to tell them about just the whole DC, Baltimore, New York trip yeah, when, when we finish this Huntington thing. But, like, one thing I realized, and I can give advice to people who are in, like, 
big cities like D.C. and New York and um, Charlotte, North Carolina, even South Carolina. There's so many different hubs. Atlanta, yeah. uh, New Orleans. There's so many different hubs around the United Houston, States. Houston, Texas. That, uh, Austin. You don't have to move to L.A. Right. to make a name for yourself. You right. can use you can use all your resources and do the exact same thing you wanted to do yeah. in your own hometown, and then when you finally do get the clout you need, they will invite you totally. to LA totally. without you. And I think I think I think our generation has it very easy easier with like Instagram and social media. Like you can make it anywhere. Um, you just have to put in that work and like um, be consistent. Um, but yeah, like you don't have to come to LA. LA is, you know, congested LA as it is. Yeah. It's always going to be there. And uh, like a lot of people who go there, they don't really make it. Some people don't make it. Some people get stuck in it. And that's anywhere. And it's, it's, easy, to, it's, easy, it's easy to fall into the scene as well. And um, obviously like drugs are a huge thing here. I think that if you have uh, a certain idea or vision of like how you want your career to be, you just can't lose sight of that no matter what life throws at you or like what you're doing or who you meet. Um, Obviously like nobody's perfect and life is never going to be perfect. But I think if you can hold on to your purpose and your dreams, you're going to be just fine wherever you are in the world. That is very true. That is very, very true. As long as you know, who you are. Right. I don't think you're going to lose sight of your dreams. That's very, that's good advice. So we're coming to the end of this episode. Uh, I'm getting nostalgic. <laughs> um, thank you so fucking much for being a part of it. Like, I love you to oh, death. Of course. And I just want to say, whoever said Libras are reliable, you just have a shitty ass friend. Okay. Because when Ezzy hit me up, it was like, you want to do a podcast? I was like, yes. And then he was like, what you want to talk about? And then I was like, this. And then he was like, what time you want to talk? I was like, this. <laughs> and then, boom, we did it. Hell okay? yeah. So we are reliable. Fuck y'all. <laughs> I can't wait to do it again with you. It's going to be so much fun. And, like, everyone um, could follow me on Instagram at Ezrotic, E-Z-R-A-O-T-I-C, to keep up with this. It's going to drop during Libra season, so shout out and happy birthday to all the Libras. Yes. Um, happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us, baby. And, Ezzy, do you have, like, anything you want to say to end this? Because, like, you, you, like, I used, I always, I still call you the, like, the, the new age Rick Rubin. Because yeah. you're just, like, a master of all. So, like, is there anything you want to leave yeah. your fans with? Um, everyone always says being the, the jack of all trades but the master of none is a bullshit-ass excuse. I think you could always be good at everything and anything don't let anyone misguide you or um, influence you to not do a specific thing i think trying life is about dipping your toes in all the waters and you're gonna make it no matter what um period i love that i love it that's hot that's hot so what can we look forward from you um in the future so right now, I'm just getting together some visuals, and I'm trying to get Gifted JoJo, which is, like, my handle on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, Gifted JoJo. Mm-hmm. And I just want to kind of, like, share with you guys 
some of my gifts, some things that I've learned, some ticks, some some tricks. I said some ticks, not ticks. Some tricks and some tips. So um, once I get all that together, I will for sure let you guys know where to go get all this information from. So keep in touch with Eddie, so you guys can keep in touch with me. Yeah, I will. De- I'll definitely link you and uh, tag you. Um, it's been a beautiful hour now. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of the first episode of Ezzy's Room. Thank um, you for having me. Yay. And, uh, yeah, everyone, um, just keep in touch. Um, tell me what topics you would like for me to talk about in the future. I want this to be very interactive. And if you want to come on the show, like, please hit me up. I'm down to have a conversation about anything and everyone is welcome here. So thank you for listening to me. Um, We'll see you on the next one, okay? Bye!